0: Don't miss a moment of Ireland's tour of New Zealand. But even if we give them more time, they're not going to hit the level that Johnny is hitting that and what he brings out of other players.
1: You know, Ireland were just fantastic. They produced probably the greatest ever victory for, for Ireland. Subscribe
2: to the rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now.
1: OTB AM. With Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Loves Razor with Exfoliating Bar. So Sunday is Camogie final day in Croker. It starts at 12 o'clock with the Premier Junior final which is Armagh against Antrim. Two o'clock then is Galway against Cork in the intermediate final and then the big one the senior final is Cork against Kilkenny at a quarter past four. Uh, The game's all live on television as well. So it's a triple header at Croke Park on Sunday. Sarah O'Donovan is with us in studio. Sarah, how are you getting on? Good, good. Uh, Kilkenny-Cork. It's safe to say this is a fairly familiar rivalry at this point.
0: It is and I can't separate them. They beat each other the last two years in semi-finals. They have a massive rivalry. Galway were better than both of them, obviously last year and this year. Kilkenny were just—I I thought they were excellent in semi-final. Myself and Ashley were both at the game, sitting sitting behind each other, and uh, I really thought that Kilkenny, looking at that game, have more to offer than Cork.
2: Yeah, that was my takeaway as well. Um, for Cork, I'd say they went away from that semi-final probably very disappointed how they performed, especially that first half, I think, until Ashton Thompson came off the bench, I think it was 22 minutes gone. She sort of put a bit of shape to the whole thing. Um, the dynamic of the team sort of changed when she stepped on the pitch. Um, so I think they'll come away definitely disappointed, but I think that's not a bad way sometimes to go into an All-Ireland. That almost That, that was quite low for them, so... You know they can only go up. They can. Uh, they didn't peak in the the semi final, which I always think is important not to peak when Kilkenny had a super game in the semi final. Yeah, look,
0: they actually haven't peaked at all all year. They've mm. really struggled Cork all year to find their form, to find their team. They've had players coming in and out. You've obviously mentioned Ashton coming back in after 25 minutes. Hannah Looney's come back in late as well. She was in New York, so she missed the whole of the league. They struggled against Dublin. Dublin went seven points up, and they managed to reel Dublin back in. Same with Waterford. Waterford went ahead. Waterford ran out of steam. Like. Waterford were 33 weeks on the clock playing out of Division 2 tried their best but didn't have that quality yeah. at the end, you know, it was like 53 minutes when Cork kind of took over, Amy O'Connor got some points Katrina Mackey started showing up just, it, it's going to be a better final for the fact that Cork and Kilkenny are in it because they, they have more I suppose, experience at that stage and, and Waterford ha- just need a little bit more time and and a little bit of a break between games as well because they had just done too much work
1: it feels like it's a constant three-horse race in the sport at the moment, but does the Waterford's performance in the semi-final give you hope that actually this thing could be broken up, this triumvir could be broken up in the next couple of seasons?
0: Yeah, like the group with Cork, Dublin, Waterford, Clare, Tip, like that was a very uh, exciting group and it took the last games on the last day to decide who actually went through. Tip were fierce unfortunate not to go through, having beaten Cork finally, mm. um, 117 to 116. It could have been any one of those teams that had gone through, so... On that side, very, very competitive. So you'd be hoping that they'd get closer. But, you know, looking at Dublin's contribution this year, they trained 100 times and they were nearly 11 points worse off than Kilkenny. You know, like it, it takes a massive amount of effort. It took Waterford five years to break the quarterfinal barrier. It's it's a massive commitment for a group of players to decide to stay that long to try and take on those three horses.
2: Yeah, I think Waterford will go away from that game. Probably very disappointed You know, to be so far up at half-time, they looked in control. But as you said, it really was just those last maybe 15 minutes or so. And I suppose that comes with experience of being in Crow Park in an All-Ireland semi-final. But I definitely think they're a team that are one to watch for for next year. The likes of and I thought she was exceptional. From centre half forward. So they, they have really good players. Even their bench coming on, you know, had an impact as well. But uh, just yeah, maybe that experience and just lost a, a bit of steam in the end. But uh, definitely one to watch. I think things are changing. You may see more teams involved, as you said, Tipperary as well. Yeah. Definitely a team that's up and coming. Well look, I think Neve Rocket had been
0: incredible for the whole of the campaign and then she met Maeve Callahan and Maeve Callahan had her in her pocket she, she she, won ball but she couldn't get past Maeve in the semi-final and they needed Rocket to hit you know two, three goals actually Roisin Kerwin missed a sitter um, in, in the first half for Waterford she blew it over the bar but you know they probably needed just a turn like that just to get them a little a little clearer but I thought the Cork defence while they struggled in the first half in the semi-final really pushed on in the second half and really got on top
1: uh, you mentioned Maeve Cahalan there I think it probably makes sense to get into some of the matchups you've picked, up this week, uh, picked out this weekend so we've picked out five of the, the heads that you're most looking forward to so who's Cahalan going to mark?
0: Katie Nolan uh, I thought Katie Nolan was excellent in the semi-final mm-hmm. I also thought she was excellent against Claire in the group phase as well lads, she's so good at stepping into pockets, stepping off her player and and getting scores from ridiculous angles. She got an outrageous score against Galway. But she just loves to play off the shoulder. And when you have a forward like that who who can make her run late enough for the back not to be able to, you know, obviously cover her off, she's definitely worth three or four points in the game. Maeve, what she did against Neve Rocket is what she's going to have to do against Katie Nolan if she she gets to pick her up. Um, And I think Maeve's well able for that man-marking job.
1: OK, so that's Kala. Uh, You're giving her the edge in that one, I, would suspend, I suspect.
0: I'm giving her the edge, but I wonder, will it be enough? Because then you look at Julianne Malone, Mary O'Connell, they're players I haven't even mentioned in the, in the head-to-heads here. But they're the players, if Katie Nolan's covered off, Corker, are going to have to try and cover off those players then as well.
1: Uh, Miriam Walsh, who's going to pick her
0: up? Miriam Walsh has been ferocious on the square, and I thought she got the better Sarah Dervin. Uh, in the semi-final it, it, I thought every time she went toe-to-toe with Sarah Durbin she, she was actually getting past her and was more physical than her for the first time in years um, she's having to pick up Libby Coffinger well Libby Coffinger is going to have to pick up Mary much and Libby struggled in the first half for Cork the last day um, she wasn't as, as sharp as, as, as I thought she could be and I think that could be a, something that Miriam Walsh will actually um, take advantage of the question is, will Kilkenny go route one will they be direct enough with Miriam early on
1: How do they usually play?
0: Look, they have six potent forwards they, they can score from from every angle so they're not shy but because Miriam has the physical and height advantage over Libby for the first 15 minutes I'd be pummeling that ball in top of Miriam. Yeah, her
2: hands are glue yeah. yeah, she's very good under the high ball but she was quiet in the semi-final I thought
0: I thought every time she took Sarah Durbin on she caused havoc and it was only actually if she had taken Sarah Durbin on another, another yeah, step Sarah maybe would quiet have by their standards yeah
2: because yeah, she has been riffing it up the, yeah. the whole season yeah. but yeah a little bit quieter which again my peak come the, the final you know well look Sarah Durbin is a
0: phenomenal talent and she's a phenomenal fullback but I I, I probably thought there was a bit of naivety on Miriam's part in that she could have actually taken, her pa- taken past her and for Sarah to have to drag her back get an early yellow put her under pressure that's probably the only uh, thing that I would have said Miriam could have done better in the semi-final.
1: Okay, uh, on the flip side of things then, Amy O'Connor is obviously going to be somebody that uh, they're going to have to keep a close eye on from a Kilkenny perspective, so how do you see that one going?
0: Oh, look, there's a number of players who could pick her up, but you know, Grace Walsh is in at full-back, uh, you've Claire Field in at centre-back, uh, you've Stephanie Sterling, um, sorry, uh, Michelle Teehan, there's loads of options there to, to pick her up. From Kilkenny's point of view the last day, what I liked about them was Galway were so direct that Kilkenny actually had to foul them to stop them from, from getting towards goal. but They were all willing to pick up their yellow card and then the next player would step up and she'd take the free and she'd take the foul. Camogie players can be a bit naive sometimes and they're a bit shy to do that kind of work but Kilkenny aren't. Kilkenny are cynical. Oh so yeah. cynical and I love it it's brilliant but from, from Amy O'Connor's point of view she's not going to enjoy her time inside in that uh, Kilkenny full back line I think they're going to give her a tired time.
2: Yeah I wouldn't be surprised if Grace Walsh could come out on her either um, I thought she was phenomenal. She's a phenomenal player the way she reads the game yes like even if she's not fully involved she's reading the game she might even just get an interception but she knows when to go and when to hold uh, so I wouldn't be surprised either if she, she might come out on Amy for sure Yeah well
0: look Niamh Hannafee was so direct the last day if I do who was so direct and uh, Niamh Kilkenny early on that first 20 minutes for Galway they were just running at Kilkenny and the girls were just coming out going right I'll take the foul you take the yeah. foul I'll take the foul <laughs> it's brilliant to watch it's you know I suppose it's, it is it is very cynical but that's the way you have to win those games that. thought
1: uh, The next thing we want to look at is the, the midfield battle so um, Obviously, Ashley Thompson starts this game. Mm. Oh. No question over that, right? No okay. no
0: question. No question. And look, herself and Hannah, because of, uh, I suppose, the number of factors which you mentioned, Hannah being away, Ashing obviously, the the ban. Um, now, she didn't actually end up missing any games, ultimately, but still, there was a two-week period there where she thought she wasn't going to be playing in the semi-final. So it it had to mean that Cork obviously had to look at different options. I think they've probably been much more settled for the last two weeks. I thought that was the one area where Kilkenny struggled in the semi-final and they ended up having to bring Denise Gall back into midfield and push Katie Power up into the forwards to try and get kind of a bit of stability in midfield against Galway. So I think that's the one area where Cork can actually punish Kilkenny because Ashling and Hannah are so good there. Um, I'd like to see Hannah go a little, I suppose, more little more direct and, and take more shots on I thought against Waterford she went to the 45 and Hannah of Old would have popped the ball over the bar Yeah, but she just hesitated and she looked for Katrina and she looked for a runner so definitely I think another two weeks of hurling and she'll be going right you know straight between the posts
1: Okay so uh, who who do you give the edge to in, in that battle? Uh, I'm giving it to Cork Okay uh, I think we've got our quick picks coming up a little bit later on I may or may not have picked Lee Kenny I'm starting to feel less confident as these <laughs> battles go on and the final one is um Denise Gall and who's going to mark her like the context here obviously is what you just spoke about there that Gall may not actually be that close to goal if things aren't going their way
0: She was everywhere but her you know half-hour position for Kilkenny uh, two weeks ago I would say Laura Hayes will pick her up right now Laura Hayes loves coming forward a uh, very dynamic forward and Gall hasn't scored from play in the last two games which is very un like now yeah. she hit one eleven 11 for Kilkenny against Dublin um, from place balls but the last day she played all of her hurling in the half-back line into midfield because that's where they needed her so you know I, I think obviously she's a massive threat from from wing forward but can they afford to keep her there if they don't have their midfield motoring
1: OK so and what? Do you, how do you see that playing out then say if she does play close enough to goal oh she could hit 10 points yeah <laughs> Uh, this this like, is, yeah, oh yeah,
0: that the, that's her territory. Yeah,
1: the drought is actually something you would look at and say that's a reason why she could perform this weekend as to a trend.
0: Yeah, like uh, Dublin decided to go ma- go man for man on her. Actually, uh, my. I'm managing Niamh Marnogues out in Port Marnock and Kira Buchanan, who's one of my uh, one of my crew, was marking Denise, and uh, she was it was her debut thrown in for Dublin in a quarter final to mark Denise, and and kept her scoreless. Wow. Um, yeah. Now had a torrid hour running around after her, but managed to keep her scoreless. And I suppose you know is that something that Cork would look at is putting somebody on her to shut her down for the for the hour and and keep her to place balls, but problem there is Julian Malone scores four points in the semi-final Mary O'Connell scores Uh, you've got Katie Power uh, some great scores and then Laura Murphy pops up for Kilkenny but 1-1 from wing back so whichever door you're shutting there's another door to open for Kilkenny and I I think they're just really well organised this year
1: like you talked there a moment ago about Kilkenny's street smarts and uh, their ability to, to foul it, it, when, it, when, it needs, uh, when it's required <laughs> because I think what we had attached this Kilkenny team with for so long was the inability to get over the line the, the lack of a winning instinct in a, in a final anyway and obviously that changes in 2020 is there still any hangover at all from, from all those final defeats or did they 2020 banish all those ghosts
0: I don't think there's any hangover okay. that's that like that core different team anyway well it's that core Cork, Galway, Kilkenny trio, like you are guaranteed popcorn and entertainment if you watch any one of those pairings play. And it's, you're talking millimetres, centimetres, like blocks, hooks, they're the differences in those games. And it's just three incredible teams who play really well against each other and some team inevitably comes out on top. You know, like I think the mentality piece where we can't win a final is gone now because between them they've won since 2018 All Ireland's league finals and they've just been literally swapping over. Like you know, you'll have it. I'll have it. They obviously don't want to give it to each other, but that's how close it's been. And they've all won. You know, they all have a sack of medals in their pocket.
2: I think as well, the management, like Brian Dowling, the passion on the sideline from him at the semi-final was something else. I thought it was brilliant to see. And then I spoke to him after, and you could really feel that from him. And he was talking about the girls in the dressing room and what it means to them and. I think that you know that that feeds into a team, that atmosphere, that buzz. So that's what I'm feeling from them. Um, so I think you know he's probably going to instil a hell of a lot in them for an All Ireland final, not to let it pass them as well. So I think that side of things. But look, yeah, you do have Davy Fitz and, and Matthew on the other hand, you know, in the other dressing room that are brilliant as well. But I think it's it's fascinating watching the two managements on the sideline this year as well.
0: Yeah, Davy's been ruthless. Like, if if mm. we're being honest, like you know what I mean. He he's. I suppose he hasn't gone with the idea that if you're training all year you should be playing like you know f- it's foreign players are in and he's had to make some tough calls Matthew's had to make some tough calls like there, there was players around the Cork set up from say November December and then you had better hurdlers coming back in and becoming available and they were out. And they why were was that?
1: Was it just because they were off after a long campaign last year, or, or why did they come in later?
0: Yeah, like uh, speaking about Hannah, Hannah was obviously in New York, but you know, th- there's been, I suppose, different players that they've brought in on form. Um, Sarah Cartons come in from uh, Down. Um, she came from. She's actually working in Cork. Yeah. I think she's working for uh, for a company in in Tool She, you know, she's. I, I, I anticipate she'll play full forward on on, sun, on Sunday. What and a get for them! Yeah, wow. Yeah, and look, you know, Claire. you know, it's that non-traditional element. It's you know, she's available to us. She's she's mm-hmm. coming in. We're we're looking for a, a scoring threat. You know, there, there's no um, there's no shyness about the lads making these big decisions. And, and there's players around that Cork team for years who would have probably said, "Oh, you know, surely it's my turn now." And the lads are like, no.
1: It's a bit of a high wire act, is it? Like, it's obviously seems to have paid off, and especially if they win on Sunday. But there is kind of that balance between team morale and and the rest of it, isn't there? Like, I know you have to be ruthless and, and play the best hurler, but if, if there was like players who who've been there all season long or all throughout season and they're not not that they're not going to get a fair crack at a whip, but you you might put a nose out of joint here or there by approaching it in that manner. But I don't think Davy Fitz has ever been afraid of that.
0: No, it doesn't. And look, David Herity before him, like. I was um, under David Harrity in 2017 and and Dave again was another guy not afraid to to make calls based on looking at players and looking at their skill set and and deciding if they were able for it didn't care if you were training for 20 weeks or 3 if you were good enough you were in right. and at that level at that senior level I think I think everything else goes out the window
2: yeah it's just rootless.
0: it's ruthless I think it
2: has to be that way too yeah. but it is tough for the girls that are on the sideline looking in maybe not even making you know the match day panel like that's very very tough but um, yeah I think in Inter-County it's absolutely fruitless Well
0: look, look if you look at the Cork teams over the years and, and the dual teams the dual players that would have been in with Cork when Cork were winning the ladies football and the Camogie and the likes of Rena Buckley and Bridge Corky and Angela Walsh and you know these were players who were probably doing one session a week with the Camogie one session with the football yeah. and, and one at the weekend it physically wasn't possible for those girls to train you know, on yeah. consecutive days so but, but yet they were the best players and everybody wanted the best players on the pitch and every, you just have to suck it up lad
1: that's absolutely fair enough uh, like one other thing I wanted to ask you about is Claire Phelan was speaking this week about I guess Brian Cody just being such a talking point for everybody who's uh, picked up a hurl uh, everybody's getting asked about it so the Kilkenny Camogie team were naturally asked about it and she said just during that era of the 2000 seeing Kilkenny in All-Ireland every year just all the boys and girls just got associated with the idea of winning they just thought every single year winning 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 is that something that that actually has a a, a significant impact on the, the culture that we're seeing now from Kilkenny do you think or is that a, a little bit of a leap
0: no i i think the the players who come into play for Kilkenny have a have a brilliant spirit and their work ethic the the standard that they like their foundation standard compared to other intercounty teams that i've come across is Paul's part you know their their expectation their commitment level it 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 all stems from i suppose that conversation that has been I'd say constantly in Kilkenny houses over the years where it's like did you see how hard he worked did you see you know what he gave to the team and the expectation is if you wear a Kilkenny jersey or certainly it seems to me is unless you give that level of commitment and, and that level of, of work ethic you'll never be the hurler that X was or Y was and you know from a Camogie point of view the likes of Van Dalton the Downies there you know there's a myriad of, of Kilkenny Camogie players who, who were exceptional and Claire has all of those to look up to as well but Anne would be my favourite always and ever. Who's going to win? On Sunday. Yeah. Based on the semi-final I, I couldn't look past Kilkenny but this Cork team haven't found form yet this year and could potentially for the fact that they robbed Kilkenny in 2018 you know, last gasp score this was the only difference this year is the quality from the Cork set up, uh, trying to replace Jim O'Connor, Orla Cotter, Julia White, Orla Cronin, these are all players that have gone away since, uh, Pamela Mackey, all players that have gone away since 2018. I'm, my heart says Cork, okay. but my head, based on, on what we saw last two
1: weeks goes, it, it, I think Kilkenny have more work done okay. and they're better organised. I think they're favourites as well just about going into Sunday. Just one comment coming in here from Conor Delaney. Uh, Sarah, why is the black card not in Camogie? Some of the fouling in the semi-final warranted black cards?
0: It's something that they'll probably have to look at. Um, I, I think the yellow card is the most... I suppose the yellow card is something that they've that they've kind of organised now, and they've brought in that physicality to Camogie uh, and allowed a bit of physicality. So the referees are still trying to find that balance between allowing that shoulder or allowing that kind of say that extra bit of physicality when you're when you're coming into to tackle. The black card, they've just avoided it, lads. It's it's something that we haven't seen yet. The sin bin is obviously into ladies' football, and it allows that cynical late foul, but. No, we've we, we've avoided it.
2: I think it's brilliant the way there's a bit more physicality in Camogie. I think it's something that the ladies' football, just from our mentioning it, is crying out for because the yellow card in ladies' football is can kill the game yes. at times. Yes. And um, so I'm, I'm delighted they, do, they don't, yeah, that it's not in a Camogie because it does allow that more physicality, you know, and you need that in camogie. Yeah. You know, you really do. You're going in for a tackle. There's going to be contact. So you need to be able to be that bit more physical. So, yeah, hopefully you see it in the ladies game too.
0: Yeah, we're glad the black card isn't in, evidently.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is the, that commenter is obviously talking about Kilkenny in the semi-final, right? Yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah, like, you know, Galway will feel aggrieved. They've made three runs at goal in the first half that were odds on odds on goals but for Michelle Tien having to literally ransack <laughs> her player, she literally rugby tackled her to the ground um, and I think um, there was another one late on uh, as well in the second half that Kilkenny just had to get had to get it done and and make sure they didn't get to goal yeah. and uh, until that's taken out of the game then you know that's that's yeah, that's a bit of the street smarts again. Yeah, that you're just going to have to train your team to do that. Yeah, you know, you've six you've six backs who could potentially foul six times and still stay on the field.
1: Yeah, that's what's going to happen on Sunday and that's (laughs) why I think Kilkenny are going to win. Very quick word (laughs) before we let you go. Uh, Derek Ling may may not have been the most uh, high-profile name that was in the hat when it came to the public conversations around Kilkenny, but they've acted quickly and he's in there. Uh, Do you know much about Derek Ling? Is there a situation here where we could see Brian Cody 2.0 given he has worked under him?
0: It's an interesting one because I suppose from kind of public perception it was the options included Henry Shefflin Eddie Brennan mm-hmm. um, DJ Carey. you know all, all people who've been involved in management in the last couple of years but Kilkenny as Kilkenny are Quite conservative, and and they've gone with somebody who knows the players, who's obviously involved with the under twenty one under twenty setup, and uh, had success there, and is now coming into the senior setup with with a group of players from say minors and twenties and twenty ones who trust him. So I think it's a very
1: good appointment. Yeah, and I think also the the, the speed at which they've acted as well probably helps with club action. Obviously getting up and running everywhere uh, at the moment. Sarah, enjoy the weekend. I think it's you two were on uh, yeah, analysis and uh, live reports on Sunday as well. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, enjoy that. We'll chat to you then. We'll hear from Sarah as well throughout the show on Sunday afternoon. OTB AM. With Gillette, get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.